You're listening to the Unexpected World of Business podcast, brought to you by Henley Business School. In this episode, you'll hear a panel discussion about Henley's recent research into the pros and cons of having a four-day working week. You'll hear first from co-founder of Green and Black's Chocolate, Joe Fairley, talking to our panel chairperson, Adrian Morehouse, co-founder of management consultancy group Lane 4 and former Olympian. He will then listen to former Chief Learning Officer for British Airways, Nigel Jeremy, and then Henley Professor of Leadership and Change, American-born Karen Janssen. Our podcast was recorded live, and so there may unfortunately be some sound inconsistencies with the recording. Apologies if this affects your listening experience. To find out more about the For Better, For Worse white paper, you can visit henley.ac.uk forward slash four day week. There's nothing not to love. And the other thing that for me, when I was setting up Green and Blacks, when I was running Green and Blacks, I had... I didn't pay them for five days, let me tell you, but, but I had people who worked part-time and they were infinitely more productive than the people who worked full-time right. because during that time that they were in the office, they were way more focused. And then when they were off, they were off. You know, they were working towards that deadline and we all love a deadline of, okay, I finished now. And, and it just made them much more productive. There was less chat around the... The water cooler, there was less, I mean, it was pre-social media, but, you know, there, was, there would have been less checking of right. the Instagram. Okay. Um, and I found that it was, it, it got a huge amount out of those people. Right. Are you a fan, Nigel? So where, where do you yes, stand Yes, I, I am. Um, I think the, the, the concept of flexibility and choice in terms of the working hours that you undertake, both from a business perspective as well as yeah. an individual's perspective, is, is paramount to having yeah. a happen happy and healthy organization um i've certainly come from many organizations uh, not just ba but you know vodafone and uh, marks and spencer as well where flexibility in terms of working hours has been absolutely encouraged and we've seen uh, the the link to engagement is incredibly strong yeah. um so concepts such as uh, part-time working job sharing uh, nine-day fortnights as well as four-day right. working weeks um, and actually a, a working from home mentality when it's appropriate to the role. Yeah. Um, all of those are flexible options that give choice to both the individual and the business to right. uh, allow them to implement this sort of stuff. Um, I think it's more of a challenge to instigate a four-day yeah. um, uh, approach uh, in terms of legislating for it. And I think that could cause some organizations some difficulty. Right. Um, but in terms of the direction of travel, in terms of giving people more choice and flexibility, I think that's an incredibly good thing to do for nothing other than improving happiness, engagement, and all of the well-being benefits that go with that as well. Can I just say with the two of you for a second in terms of um, the quad gen, the, the four generations in work. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at um, Generation Z and Millennials wanting this, but if they're managed and led by baby boomers and Generation X, possibly sure. still, yeah. what, how, is that a pitfall? What do you think? Well, how, and your experience in big organisations? Yeah, it can be. I think, I think certainly in the, in the baby boomer uh, arena, you have to remember that all of these different generations, why we talk about these generations differently is that they've all had different life experiences yes. and they've, they've inherited and developed certain values that are different to the previous generation. And what you have for the baby boomers is, is certainly a, a, a mentality of hard work prevails, yeah. that, that type of... And I've done it this, I did it this way, so therefore you should do it. it. Right, right. 
Um, and Generation X certainly had that, but what we've seen more recently in research, certainly over the last 10 years, that you mustn't forget that uh, Generation X are now starting to move into retirement age and they're yes. looking for work-life balance. Yeah. So what you have with the millennials and the Generation Z is a, is, a, is a real drive for flexibility, choice, not just in their working hours, but in all sorts of activities, yeah. including the jobs themselves. Yeah. They want to do multiple jobs potentially over, the, over their careers. But what you've got with the Generation X is actually a move to also look for that flexibility, yes. but for a different reason, because they're reaching certain points in their lives yes. that maybe kids have left home or are leaving home soon, maybe approaching retirement age themselves, uh, if they're lucky enough to be doing so. And we're seeing more of a work-life balance being yeah. demanded. So you have two separate needs, but the solution seems to be right. a similar outcome, which is more flexibility in your working hours. Yeah. Karen, are we at a moment in time then where you've got the baby boomers Generation X working their way out and you've got these two generations coming in? So what's going to happen when they are the managers and the leaders of the organisations? It's just going to be that is the way it is, right? So what's going to happen? Where's this play out? Because I, I just can't help but think it might be a moment in time, maybe a five-year moment in time when you know, we're waiting for baby boomers generations to retire. And all of a sudden, your millennials are running the companies. Well, I think it's a really good question and an interesting one. I think this trend isn't going to go away anytime soon. I think that this idea of flexible and how you manage your time and your energy is, is sort of the new frontier, really. Yeah. It's not work and life. It's time and energy management. And yeah. so all that's been said so far is, is really interesting in terms of people are more engaged when they have periods of rest and recovery. There's, yeah. So the workaholic view is, is dying out, even among the older generations yeah. that are starting to realize that they need those periods of time. But as to what happens next, you know, as we were talking about earlier, each generation is defined by the, those life experiences that happen. So we'll have to wait and see you know, what happens in the world, yeah. you know, uh, as to whether this flips or it, it just evolves into something slightly different. Right. Joe, I'm interested in, so you talked about not paying a five day for four day, but isn't the because premise... Because it wasn't a thing. Right. <laughs> but the premise of actually paying for four days work and pay a five, five day, so I, as a small business owner myself, I mean, we've got about 250 people. I know if I gave everybody four days and paid them the same amount of money, I still need all that work to be done. Yes. And so I, I might have to hire more people to do that work. Oh, well, you'd, you'd suck it and see. I right. don't think you necessarily would. I so mean, you've I think, I think it. Yeah. yes. Right. And I think that the where it doesn't work is if you have a service business. So it, when I had a bakery, yeah. there was no way I could pay them five days a week and have them work four days because I needed that, that person standing at that counter or at that oven doing yep. the work I, uh, it would have been equivalent to giving them a 25 percent pay rise yes um but if you are allowing people to to manage their own time and do what i always did which set deadlines yep. set uh, make your expectations very clear of what people are going to deliver um and but allow them to complete those tasks during their own time frame then I don't think that you necessarily would find. I think you would find that people were, were much more focused at their desks right. to get the job done. And I've never been working that way by setting deadlines, making expectations clear and setting tasks. Um, I've never been let down by anybody. Right. And um, 
just if I could just throw in, I think that the, the kind of real big implication of this idea of the four day week is um, is for women and women in the corporate world, because the biggest barrier to me, you know, we hear we still hear about the glass ceiling. We still hear about women not getting ahead. But a huge amount of feedback that I get is not that they aren't being given the opportunity. They don't want to take the opportunity because of what it means for their work-life balance. Yeah. This con- this enduring macho culture of kind of 18-hour days in the city, including client dinners, etc. And women look at that and they go, I've got a family. I don't want to live like that. I'd mm. rather start my own business or, or do something much less less stressful. But the idea that they could, as we saw, 66% of people said that they would spend that time with their family. Yeah. Um, so I think it would be a huge driver for women to go, you know what, I can do this really high-powered, stressful job if I can do it in four days a week and have three days with yeah. my kids. I'm still, I'm still trying to get my head around whether it's a total paradigm shift or it's just flexible working kind of on steroids. <laughs> just to me, so we, I, and we talked a bit earlier about this. So all, flexible working will give that. If a company truly embraces, you can work, you can be on when you're on, you can be off when you're off, and I need you here, and this is the expectation, here's your job. A lot of companies have gone flexible, but are we saying something different? Are we saying, this is it, four-day working week? And I mean, I'm really interested in the stuff that's coming out of New Zealand, like last month, you know, they, the Premier of New Zealand, she's now saying, look, GDP is not our biggest issue well-being. here. It's now about well-being. This country is now about well-being. So I question myself. I'm a business leader thinking, should I be looking for growth every year? Or should I actually be looking for my 300, 200 people to be really happy? Are we, are we looking Which at paradigm shift? probably ships? would lead to growth. Exactly. Well, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> indeed. But is it, are we really asking for the full-on four-day week? Or are we, is that what we're asking for? Well, I think, we, I think people want to work smarter, okay. not harder. Yep. So they'll get the work done, they'll meet the objectives, and they'll do it when and if, you know, they need to. Are we saying, you know, the whole world would be better off just working and balancing itself for four days and giving this fifth day would give a totally different way of being in the world? Personally, I, I, I don't think that uh, uh, the, the, the latter part of your statement is, 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 is possible. No. Um, I think, you know, if you look at different career paths around, just British society, let alone global society. Uh, we have people working at different weekends, as we call them. Yeah. Um, we yeah. have people on five-day uh, working yes. and then four days off. We have people that work sometimes six weeks on the bounce if you're on yeah. oil rigs or, or whatever, and then you get a month off. So th- there are huge variations in our working patterns. So my, my concern is to, to try and legislate, for example, for something like this. Mm. I don't think would be... <clears throat> Uh, would, 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 would be a smart thing to try. No, yeah. However, you have got things like the Working Time Directive. Yep. You've got minimum wage. Those are legislation issues that right. we can, uh, can use as, as yes. members. But on top of that, um, the general movement to try and create greater choice for the working population, I think, can only be a good thing. Right. Anything that helps that debate move forward. I guess sometime, at some point in the world, somebody decided that five-day working week was kind of the norm. Yep. Certainly in the UK, it's Monday to Friday as yep. a general stereotypical, yeah, yeah. Sort of, even though, as I said, I've made a counter argument just now. Um, what's to say that at some point that the culture doesn't shift to four days and three yeah, days yeah. off, but uh, <coughs> I don't, I, it just feels a bit of a step too far to push that in right. from a legislative perspective. Yeah, okay. So in the future, we might, not have, we might not have the word weekend in the future. <laughs> Who knows? But, it, yeah. but it's yeah. really a mind yeah. shift, yeah. a mindset shift, That's isn't it? Because about. 
it used to be we'd show up to work at 8 a.m. and leave at 5, and, and that's how work filled our time, which is why there was more time at the water cooler and there was okay. other things that were happening in and around work. And that's what I was trying to get at earlier was this idea of working smarter. Yeah. Is mm -hmm. people are connected 24-7. They're available yeah. all the time. And so some people are working. I, I have a daughter in the States who's just taken her first internship, and she goes in at 5 in the morning and is out by 3, which in Washington, D.C., traffic is a big deal. Mm. Right? So she's setting her hours that help her yeah. go in and work <clears throat> at the gym when she gets out of work. And I've long thought that well, you should actually work according to people's body clocks. You know, we've all got colleagues who literally can't function until they've had the third coffee at mm. midday, <laughs> and others who are kind of, yep. you know, hello world, hello clouds at seven, and 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 so on. And and I think the current structure doesn't really, you know, the nine to five thing doesn't really take advantage of yep. the fact that we we actually have more productive times of day, and and we really should be tapping into that. Can I just move on to something else I'm fascinated by, and it's still related to this, are we in a point in time when baby boomers and Gen X are running companies? I mean, we don't rep we're not millennials, and if that's nice to, okay to say, and Gen Z. Um, so when th those guys are running the companies, won't it be like this? I, I can't help that. Because if, you're, if you're a Gen X, right, let's say if you're a Gen X and a baby boomer, you've got a certain mindset. If you say, okay, we've now, now we're going to manage people for four days rather than five, I'm just going to work them harder. I just try and get four days work, sorry, five days work out of four. And so therefore, what I'm really concerned about is the stress levels. But I think it, I, I, I would counter that it has the opposite effect, actually. Yeah, I think it says up there. I mean, yeah, sure. And, and I think that um, it's also about, it, the onus is very much here on the managers. Right. It's very much on the people yeah. running the company to make sure that this is done in such a way that does not... Uh, make people feel stressed, that actually they see it as an opportunity. Um, and going back to your point about, you know, is it is it, uh, is it it a thing? Uh, you know, I think that companies, in order to attract young talent, there will be companies who, who adopt it as a policy. They will look at it very carefully and go, how do we work this out? And use that carrot of the four-day week as, um, as an incentive to attract young talent. Because... Mm. The talent is driving all of this. You know, yeah. they are the ones who are making huge demands on companies in terms of how they're behaving ethically, uh, what values they have, what kind of working structure they have. I mean, it, the amount of power that they have is, is phenomenal. Yeah. So I'm interested then in that in bigger businesses. You've watching some of the big brands. Sure. So you know, if you're 25, 26 setting up a company now, it will be like that, right? Because that's the way you would want to set your company up. But if you're... A bigger organization that's got history, that's got this sort of culture of, I don't know, in, inertia. How do you change it in a big organization? Or are they just going to get eaten by the small one? Well, well I think Joe, Joe hit the nail on the head there in two ways. One, um, you have to start looking at management education. Right. Um, but, but perhaps more fundamentally to that, there's, there's a whole piece about the talent is driving the agenda. You know, we, we hear a lot in the, in the press uh, now about being close to full employment, not necessarily full employment, but highest yes. records of employment I keep, keep reading. Um, so it's a candidate's market right now and has right. been for a few years. Um, and as a, as a recruiter for a major organization, which was fundamentally part of my role for the last, uh, God, over 10 years, yes. you go through these cycles where you are struggling sometimes for talent and you will use any lever that can, that, that, that can be available to you. One of the no pieces of knowledge that's absolutely critical and has been a continuous theme is this desire again for flexibility, particularly from the Generation Ys, Millennials and the Zs. 
Um, and I've seen in our recruitment campaigns in these last three organisations how they've evolved over time to be encouraging of, right. of, of flexible working. If somebody wants a four-day week, if it can be accommodated within the business role, it will be done. Uh, in reality, I think people do tend to be, certainly in middle and senior positions, to be a little bit always on. Mm -hmm. But the, the fact that they've just got the freedom of one extra day or a half a day every week that they that they don't have to be present in a particular place gives them right. uh, great improvement. So you've got you've got that. I think management education is critical, uh, and certainly in all the organisations I've I've worked in in the last ten years, we've undertaken undertaken major campaigns about generational studies to say if you want to get the best out of your employees, if you want to truly engage your employees, you better understand how the values are shifting yeah. and they're not yours. Um, yeah. uh, and, and then, of course, you've yeah. got the overlay of technology and the communication styles all have to be looked at yeah. in, in a way that appeals to your new generation yes. of employees. But the great thing is that we have those communication tools at our yeah. fingertips. You know, I use in my organisation, I use workplace, work, um, Facebook Workplace, um, DePulse, which is a project management tool, and Google Docs. Yeah. And that means that, you know, at any one time, anyone in the organisation can pretty much see... Um, where we are on a project. I mean, yep. I hate it if I have to call somebody when they're not in the office mm. to ask them, where is this thing? Or, you know, what's the state yes. of play with that when it's absolutely crucial? I, tr I always try never to have to call yep. somebody unless it's an emergency. Yep. Um, and you can do that now. You know, it, 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 it's, it's so easy. And so all the tools are there to make this happen. Just picking up on a personal point of view, the, the management development, I think, is quite an important one. We, we do an annual re resilience tracker. A lot of the managers are saying they're not, they, they want more development on helping people manage pressure and set performance expectations. So I think those are some of the big ones. It's almost like, how can you help somebody in a rounded wellness space if you're a manager learn, understand that? But also, how do you set performance expectations if you've got less time for people at work? Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm interested, um, Karen. Is this an international thing? Obviously, an American native. Um, so, is, are, are Britain this research? Are we a fast follower? Are we leading the way? Or are you, where are we in this? Are we follow, are the people to follow? I think it's happening pretty much everywhere in the West at, right. um, at the moment. So, you can probably speak more to what's happening in other cultures. Yes. But um, so, I think it's it is happening everywhere. Right. So, yeah. good examples is always helpful, right? So, where people have done it so successfully. I mean, have, you, any, have you noticed that? Well, I think that the generation studies that Karen is referring to, that, that uh, in Western societies, you say that all of this stuff is happening. Millennials exist, Generation sure. Z exists. But some of the life experiences are different. Yes. And therefore, you can look at some countries and there'll be a year or two different in age, which puts a population shift. Right. Uh, in a, in, in a, so Canada is one that just hits, hits me. Uh, I know I think they're about two, two or three years behind in each of the generations. Right. Uh, and that's just because the, 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 the way society has evolved there. Yeah. If, you look at, um, if, if you look at Greece, partly because the Hellenic crisis, the financial crisis that they went through, the Generation Zs and the Millennials l look at life and, and careers a little bit differently, yeah. perhaps, than we would see. But broadly speaking, the same core concepts are coming out. We are looking, everyone's looking, perhaps apart from the boomers, yeah. uh, to f more flexibility and choice. Right. Right. I, I wonder if we can ask a more provocative question here, which Please. is, what's we've we've talked about how do businesses manage this with you know, Gen Z running the company? Maybe companies are going to have a big shift 
in terms of it's not only for profit, it's for good. And so we have to shift our mindset on that as well. Firm performance is not the driver anymore. You know, it it might be these other things like saving the world and social change. And and linking the two things. We talked a lot about the performance of the organization, but actually searching for meaning of the organizations. Yes. Why, why are we an organization? What's the meaning of this organization? And if you can build that together with this four day and then actually yeah. say, well, what we want to do is we want you to do good yeah. with we that time and we can offer that. We want you to be well. Right. Yes. But 84% of, of, of the people polled for this study um, said that the, uh, the values and, uh, of an organization were a deciding factor as to right. whether they wanted to, to work right. there. So Which is absolutely enormous. Yeah. So effectively, if you don't get on this, you're going to lose out on the talent. Yeah. Absolutely. I do think that if it's going to be adopted by a company, it, 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 unless it is across the board, then it, it's not going to work because it will make, it will make for resentment mm. among people who are told that they have yeah. to do a five-day week. And so I think that that will kind of sort the men from the boys in terms of the kinds of organisations that can embrace the official four-day working week where you get paid for five and you do four. Um, because I don't think that economically <clears throat> most service businesses could actually afford to do that because you can't squeeze more customers in a restaurant into that hour or more loaves of bread into that mm. hour than is physically possible. So, so I think that that's... It, it's down to the companies to say, we're going to make a thing of this. We're going to do it for everybody or give them the opportunity. And other companies will just go, it's not going to work. We're not going to make this a policy. Okay, great. I'll just scan through and it is up to me to say thank you and to close the event. Um, formally, the, the, the panel, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys.